Welcome to the Sunday Service Podcast of the Kingston Unitarian Fellowship, located in Southeast Ontario. Unitarian Universalism is a progressive free faith grounded in the promises of community and inspired by how we hold our shared faith's principles and sources. For more information about Canadian Unitarianism, please go to our website, kuf.ca, and our national website, cuc.ca. some opening words for us. These are from the Reverend Maureen Killeran, one of my colleagues in ministry, um, a Canadian minister within our faith. Praise the world in all its pain and blessing. And this, these words feel particularly um, appropriate to me today because of the now, now estimated billion animals that were killed in Australia by the fires. That number is incomprehensible. By the Canadians and Iranians who were on the plane that was shot down. Thank you, Alexander, for lifting that up. So there's a lot of tenderness for me today, and um, I just uh, would invite everybody to hold themselves and whatever they're feeling very, very gently, and to hold each other. That's going to be our theme today is community. We are called today from the midst of pain and challenge. We are called to praise the world. From a world that appears broken, we are called to praise life's moments of joy and grace. From time that seems to freeze in ongoing exchanges of platitudes and blame, we are called to reach out to those around us to connect with those we care about, to try to make amends with those from whom we are estranged. The world is too fragile. There is too much pain. Let us bring our hearts together on this day. Let us praise the mutilated world in all its blessing and its pain. for us today was written by the Reverend Robert R. Walsh, and the title of it is Acquitted of Universalism. In the newspaper, there was a story about a seminary professor in Kansas City who put on, was put on trial by Southern Baptists, accused of being a universalist. It's no wonder they were suspicious. He had stated publicly his belief that all people are born into the world as children of God, and as if that were not enough, he also supported the ordination of women. Case closed. The professor denied the charges. I'm not a universalist, he said, and he convinced them. 
After four hours of deliberation, they voted 21 to 11 to let him keep his job. Now, I confess to being a universalist. This is, by the way, while that's true, this is Robert Walsh. I confess to being a universalist. In fact, I'm a Unitarian Universalist. But I wonder, if I were arrested and charged with being one, would there be enough evidence to convict me? The Kansas City story proves that having the right beliefs is not enough. The professor believed that we are all siblings, that every person has a piece of the divine spark, that women are the equals of men in the sight of God. That was not enough to bring in a guilty verdict. No, if they are going to pin Unitarian Universalism on me, they will have to be able to show that I participated in and supported a Unitarian Universalist congregation. That's the only way to be sure. Beliefs, no matter how noble, must be embodied in a living institution or they will have no convicting power. So those are the words of my colleague, the Reverend Robert R. Walsh. When seeking a view of our integrity as a people, we can do an exercise similar to the one we did last week. And I have more handouts for those of you who want the handout again or who weren't here last week. Where we look at a list of values and we think about the values individually for ourselves. Last week we took a few moments to reflect on the values, what was missing from this list. Duty was one of the ones that you all added. And to also take a look and see how dusty have your values gotten from the path you're walking and what do you need to do to brush them off? I contend that we can take this same list and shift it up a level to the values of our shared free faith. We can shift this up a level such that we are living our faith in a way that would allow us to be convicted were we put on trial of being Unitarian Universalist. Some of the values that came to mind for me when I was thinking about what I see in our faith and your lists might be different, it was that we have freedom in individual faith formation, right? That we hold a faith without a covenantal or without a, without a creedal belief, but we do hold a covenant with one another, the promises of relationship. We lift up the discoveries of science. The wisdom of faith traditions, prophetic voices from history, democracy, truth, justice, peace. When I think of integrity in our history, I actually think of the story of John Haynes Holmes. Have any of you heard of him? John Haynes Holmes? John Haynes Holmes was a Unitarian Universalist minister. Actually, this is in the 
early 1900s, so he was just a Unitarian. He was born in Philadelphia, November 29th, 1879. In 1904, he completed his education and became a Unitarian minister, serving first in Massachusetts and eventually in New York City at the Church of the Messiah Unitarian. Now in 1918, he resigned his membership in what was then called the American Unitarian Association, which included congregations across North America. The interesting part of this story is why he resigned, isn't it? You see, Reverend Holmes was a committed pacifist who strongly advocated for avoiding war. He was even attacked publicly by Theodore Geisel, otherwise known as Dr. Seuss, in a supposedly liberal New York newspaper called PM because he was a pacifist. He was ostracized by many ministers for his stance on nonviolent protest and action. A friend of Gandhi, he promoted another way of being. And his pacifism is why he resigned from the AUA, because they were in support of the war. And they had threatened to expel him if he didn't renounce his views. Mind you, there were many across Unitarianism at that time who stood to profit greatly from war. And Reverend Holmes didn't see those gains as being more important than people. He knew what his values were and he stood by them. He walked through the world with his integrity intact. He could have been convicted of being a Unitarian, right? In the words of his congregation's faith and the faith of Unitarianism in the early 20th century, so this is, this is a slightly different theological language than you hear me using on any given Sunday. These are the words of Reverend Holmes. In this church, if nowhere else, the Germans will still be included in the family of God's children. No word of hatred shall be spoken against them and no evil fate shall be desired upon them. War may beat upon our portals, like storm waves on the granite crags. Rumors of war may thrill the atmosphere of this sanctuary as lightning the still air of a summer night. But so long as I am minister, this altar shall be consecrated to human fellowship. And before it shall be offered, worship only to that one God who hath made of one blood all nations to dwell together on the face of the earth. He then offered his resignation to the congregation. His stance had put the congregation at risk, and he knew that. They refused. Instead, they changed the congregation's name to the Community Church of New York, which still exists. And despite his resignation from the AUA, 
He remained the senior minister of that congregation until 1949. He would eventually rejoin the AUA in 1960, just before the 1961 merger of the Unitarians and the Universalists. When he died in 1964, at the age of 84, 1,200 people attended his funeral at the Community Church of New York. His integrity, his confidence in his faith, led him to live out his values in the world, led him to make the world more peaceful, to see the value of peace between peoples, his integrity allowed him to offer his congregation a chance to not have to walk with him on a very difficult path. And the community's integrity would not allow him to resign, even though they became, at that moment, non-denominational. Although formally maintaining their link to the AUA, they publicly became a non-denominational congregation. Integrity looks different for an individual, for a congregation, and for our faith. But we can work to keep all of our values clean of the dust of our journeys if we take the time each year to dust off the mirror, dust off that list. One of the ways we do that is with one another, through conversation, through being a member of a community, and through being committed to inviting each other into the best version of ourselves every day, every week, and every year. So what are some things we can learn here from this conversation, this exploration, if we took a really long, hard look at Cuff as this community, would we find that the values we are expressing are the values we are living? Would we find that where we spend our money, metaphorically, is where we say we're going to? Where we spend our time is where we say we're going to. Values you tell me you have. Pastoral care is a value here. How you take care of each other, how you look to each other, how you call each other and check in with each other, particularly when it's icy out. Social justice is a value here. That work, how do we do it? What are we doing? What have we committed to? Did you read Mini Links last week? The children voted for the Social Justice Council vote. The children voted to select environmentalism as our social justice focus, and so did the adults. The children of this congregation voted the same way the adults did. Well, that's a pretty clear message. The whole community's in on this, right? The next step is for you to decide what you are going to do in the world. What are you going to do such that you could be convicted of this? Not just saying it, doing it. 
Music is a value here. How do we include it? How do we fold it in? How do we welcome it into everything we do? Thoughtful conversation is a value here. Growth and evolution is a value here. Unitarian Universalism is a value here. This quote that I'm about to read comes from Michelle Alexander. Some of you may have read some of her work. She's a wonderful writer. What it means to be fully human is to open ourselves to fully loving one another in an unsentimental way. We suffer, we love, we struggle, we fail, and then we love again. And I think trying not to imagine that we're anything more or less than that as human beings struggling to love and finding our way, making mistakes, but still yearning for a deeper connection and a sense of purpose in our lives is what being human is all about. We are here to make meaning to learn how to accept one another as we are, to deepen, connect, and engage with our faith, and to dive into our own wholeness over and over until we believe in it. To repeat Mark Nepo's words from last Sunday, if lucky, love will distract us more than suffering. If blessed, we are broken of everyone's plans and regrets and thrown like a hooded bird into a sea of light. If trusting the fall, we find our wings. Spirit of love and of life. May we find the tools we need to help us shake off the dust from our travels. May the brilliance of each person here today be allowed to shine forth into their world. May we perceive our luminosity and that of our journey's companions with clarity and compassion. May we be allowed to share our truth simply through the lives we live so that our gifts become everyone's gift. Hare Om, Shanti, Shalom, Peace, Blessed Be. In the closing moments, I'm going to share some words from the Reverend Beth Swinecki. May we leave this place seeking an uncharted and freely chosen way to wholeness, knowing we have companions along the way. May it be so, and blessed be. Thank you for joining us for this Sunday service podcast from the Kingston Unitarian Fellowship. Please feel free to check back each month for additional episodes, and if you're able to contribute financially to this community-supported enterprise, we would deeply appreciate your generosity in any amount.